Hello, and welcome to episode number 222 of the Nerd Pro Quo podcast. We really went off on a long tangent on this one, so it's extra long this week. If you are just into nerd stuff, we kind of stopped that discussion about an hour and a half in, and then in the next maybe hour and a half, we went off on a long tangent, as often happens on this podcast we really do get into not just nerd culture but uh, social justice issues connected to nerd culture and just social justice issues in general so there is a lot of that in this episode if that is not your thing listen to the first hour and a half which is a review of the suicide squad and the premiere of what if and a couple of other things and if uh you know talking about social justice Issues isn't really your thing, I guess. Maybe skip the second half of the episode? Or not. In the meantime, as far as our our science outdoor hiking section of the company of the website, there's going to be a new video. Hopefully, it is already recorded. I just have to edit it. It is basically going over some basic stuff that you're going to need for a day hike. I'm waiting on some products to arrive from a company. I will get into who that company is in the uh, in a later video for our science, nature, and outdoor section of the website. I am waiting for those products to arrive, and then a gear review of a whole bunch of stuff is going to go up. Uh, there's going to be a lot more videos that are going to be going up in the next, like, before the end of the summer. Hopefully, this next video goes up either this week by the end of this week or next week. Uh, in the meantime, we still have, uh, we now have two uh, two-person tents uh, that we are giving away, that I am giving away. So uh, one of them is a uh, outdoor products two-person backpacking tent. It is five pounds. It is not freestanding. It is not in its original carry sack because the original carry sack stunk i still have the original carry sack if you want it i if you're into tents as soon as you see the original carry sack and you attempt to put the tent tent in that carry sack you won't want the carry sack anymore i am also just giving away a stuff sack that the tent is now in actually a compression sack so that you can pack it down uh, smaller in your pack so that we're giving away we're also giving away a two-person kids tent which uh, you could fit two kids into. Also, you could fit uh, one average size adult in it with some extra spe- space. It's actually six feet by five feet in, on the inside, and that is made by Wenzel. Uh, yeah, we're giving away both of those. If you want a free tent, hit us up at Nerpoco on Twitter, nerpoco at gmail.com. Also, once you see, if you watch our YouTube videos, leave a comment. Uh, we will be notified of that and just be like, hey, I want the tent. Uh, I'm probably going to, the next, maybe I'll record an intro, a video intro for the next video that's going up that I'll show what the tents are. I'll just make a short video and show what the tents are. Uh, Also, keep keep an eye on at NerdPoco on Twitter. There's going to be probably some nerd stuff that we're going to be giving away. But in the meantime, you know, as always, tell your friends, tell your friends to tell their friends. If you enjoy this episode, if you have any comments or thoughts, I literally, like I always said, and I've said for the past handful of episodes, have no idea whether anyone's listening to it us or not so let us know at nerdproco on twitter nerdproco at gmail.com in the meantime episode 222 stay nerdy y'all
You're recording? Uh, yeah, just press record. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've been around each other so long that... Well, this is, go- this is going on the internet, just, just so we know. Swamp titties, because it's so hot outside. <laughs> and that's how we're starting. This is where we, I yes, mean, we're can, we, can, swamp, we, can, we can only go down from here. <laughs> or up, I don't know. So where How's do it go, going, everyone? I mean, I know you guys schwitz, you know, schwitzed your body weight and sweat. <laughs> For the last what week or so? We'll spare we'll spare you all the visuals. Oh my god! Honestly, um, the con- my my the condition of my life has really like shot up ten points just now. We've got uh, we've also learned the error in Charlie's ways in terms of getting a leather belt that she has not broken in. Shame on you. Well, Shame to, I on thought you. today was the day that we were going to break it in, and it was doing well, but then we ate food, and that leather belt was just, like, holding it all together. Should have worn stretchy pants. Should have worn the, stretchy. These are stretchy jeans, and, you know, so the belt, you know, was there for purpose, and then, like, I don't know, man. We were working together, and then all of a sudden we were working against each other. So, where do we, do we want to? I mean, we just kind of. I even know we uh, three of us had seen it. We had just kind of finished. Uh, what if? So, do we want to start with what if? Yeah, why not? Okay. What if we did? I will. Fuck I will you, unplug Seriously. your mic. <laughs> <laughs> he's. You know, I don't think he's ever done that on the podcast, and now he's done it on the podcast. <laughs> You fucking bastard. Uh, Chad's the condition of being both an asshole and, you know, never stops making these bad puns. Terrible, terrible puns. Um, So, yeah, what do we think of the first episode? Um, I mean, it was a very safe episode. You know, it just hit all the right notes of uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, But in terms of... Well, not Winter Soldier, uh, uh, First Avenger. The First Avenger. Yeah, First Avenger. Right down to kind of doubling some of the, like, the the sort of, like, marquee scenes Mm -hmm. uh, in in Captain America, the First Avenger. It's a good chapter one, but then do any of these episodes wind up interconnecting to later episodes? They said it's canon. Anything that's produced by Marvel Comics, um, MCU is uh, canon. So maybe it'll intertwine. Considering we're now delving into the multiverse, maybe some of these characters will be featured later on in some Avengers film. Yeah, and I think that's the big question that it opens up. You know, like it's called What If, but is it exploring alternate timelines like in a... And asking the question, what if this had happened? Or is it presenting an alternate timeline where these characters, where these things actually happen to these characters? So I, I, have, a, I have a couple theories on that. Uh, number one, I think they're setting it up. They set it up differently than it is in the comic books. I think we were talking a little bit in the previous episode about what, it, what, what if was in the comic books where – 
it wasn't they really didn't have until much later after what if the comic book wasn't didn't exist anymore uh the idea of a multiverse in the marvel comics universe so what if in the comic books was just a way uh for different creators to get together and kind of play with alternate stories like it was basically whatever they wanted to do uh that being said or not uh I guess I didn't want it to be on mic. Uh, but, but yeah, they wanted, yeah it, wanted, it wanted up. It wanted up anyway. Uh, which is, I'm so dumb. I should have done that before we started. Uh, but that being said, the way they're playing it out on Disney Plus is that it's part of the MCU. Uh, I think what they're doing is they are testing out some of the alternate sto- storylines and seeing how popular they are and based on that i think they're going to either if there is a se- if there ends up being a season two they'll come back to some there of these characters season two. still they'll come back to some of these stories i think they're gonna base that on how popular any of these individual episodes are i don't know this is marvel they have like a 10 year 20 year Sure, plan. sure. So I'm sure well, that well, here's... whatever season two will be will be based on whatever is happening within the MCU. Well, well here, the, here's what I'll tell you. At least one of them is a good bet that it'll pot up, pop up in season two is when they do Marvel Zombies. That's going to – because of how popular that series was just in general. I... When they do the Marvel – even though zombies are kind of like played out now, by the time they get to the Marvel Zombies episode, I guarantee you they're going to come back to that universe in – season two i just think that the tv division is just to tee up whatever they want to do in the movie division so it's hard for me to invest in their I tv don't shows no right? i don't like it's a little no i think this is to add on to what was introduced in loki with the new branches now mm-hmm. being created they are actually going to uh, you know investigate all of these individual branches with this I, I don't I that being said my other thing that I was gonna say was I don't necessarily think that anything that pops up on what if is gonna pop up in the live-action movies like what the Charlie was saying like how the series the live-action series a lot of them are set up for the movie universe mm-hmm. I don't necessarily I don't think that will be necessarily true for uh, what if especially because some of that stuff you just you might be able to hint at it but you can't i mean the guardian story alone you just can't do you can't have that alternate story as part of the the movie universe evil i mean whatever they're doing with dr strange his what if timeline version could be featured sure uh Mm -hmm. the captain carter can be featured as well um it's possible in terms of CGing her face into a body. Sure, body. I mean they could definitely do that. I don't. I don't. This is one of the ones that I think is going to show up in further seasons of this show, and not in just because of some of the like the logistical hurdles of that. But something like this for the logistical hurdles that would be for like a major Avengers film. I imagine the end of whatever this phase will be sure. where they're going to the whole point of this is that 
with this multiverse, you'll see various incarnations of heroes battle each other sure. like they did in, in the comics. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming whatever possibilities in the uh, what if series, whatever they can pull off, they will for the final conflict. Sure. And they'll say, sure. hey, this is the character you saw from season Which, one or season way, two. By the way, I have a theory about uh, how who the big bad of phase four is. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second. Mm. I'll get to that in a second. Um, so one of the things that I was saying was like when I saw the preview of this, I was skeptical of the animation style. And now that I've seen an entire episode, I like it. I think it's still a little going CG, a CG version of cell animation. It's still a little bit, like it's still a little bit stiff. It's a little bit stiff wow. looking. Um, <laughs> it's gorgeous. That, 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 I will yeah. say, gorgeous I will say I like color, it. color wise, what they've done with the color palette. Uh, I can definitely see, you know, you and me know the comic books. I can see some Alex Ross in there. I can see some, as far as, like, artistic things that they're going for, I can okay. see some of the, like... Light uh, influence of Alex Okay. Well, Alex, and there's, there, no, but there's a handful of other, like, artists, like, I can kind of see who they're kind of, like, going for. Some of the, especially in this episode, some of, like, the, the classic, like, Silver Age, uh, Marvel. It's, like, a good mix. I, I, like I said, I love the sort of painted look. I think just motion wise, it's a t it's still a tiny a tiny bit stiff, uh, and that's just because CG versions of cell animation are like they're just not quite there yet. All right, Rich, roll up her sleeves because she she's too yeah. tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Charlie. Listen, Bob Ross, that thing looked pretty good to me. All right, it looked pretty freaking good. Like. What what is it that you want? <laughs> he wants eight, he wants five he he's wants five G eight K eight K uh uh zero frame rate no okay. animation. Okay, here's the thing though. What I'm gonna say I'm gonna defend myself in this and saying oh, I, I watch I I watch way more animation than I think any of you. <laughs> And there are, there are, I've seen CG animation done really, this is really, really well done. Don't, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I just think that CG doing cell animation, they're right, kind of similar to some of the stuff they're doing in CG, like, uh, like live action, where they're right on the cusp of, it's not quite there yet, as far as like fluid, fluidity of motion. But it's it's they're so close. Like I I I'm saying that like even in this episode, I think by the time they get to the second season, they'll have nailed it. Like it's it's such a small, it's such you, a small like. J Jamie, you are currently animating many of your listeners. Fuck, Charlie, take your boob and just take smack him take, take 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 his mic. He's not allowed to use his <laughs> mic anymore. Come here. He is, he is. can't take you anywhere, Rich. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, is it a little choppy? Yes, but oh. guess what? It's trying to mimic what we see on... That's a thing. A ...real life. That's, that's no, the whole no, point. No, 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 but also I think... Not Dragon Ball Z that's or Yu-Gi-Oh. But that's what I was saying as far as, like, it's got this sort of mix of, like... I'm, and I can't think of off the top of my head. There were a couple other artists that, like, popped into my head 
it, I'm just not. I'm it evokes. Just, I think it evokes the comics. Yes. Uh, that's. I think that's the whole point. Yeah. yeah in a very effective way. Uh, I think it. I think it was a good. That's why I was saying like Alex Ross, but it's not quite Alex Ross because it's not hyper realistic looking. It's this really good mix of. I, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Take, take it for what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take it for what it is. It, to me, it looked like what if a comic book came to life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was perfectly fine. And I thought it was actually the smartest choice that Marvel can make. I agree. Right? So, like, <laughs> just stop being a Debbie I've, Downer about things. I've been a huge <laughs> fan of what DC has done animation-wise. There were, as much as we shit on Warner Brothers and their live action movies, yeah. um, the animation department, mm-hmm. their streets yes. DVD movies yes. have been top notch. That, be, yes. that being and said, I say, and I feel that this, the first episode of What If, is just giving me something that I've always wanted from the it's, MCU it's, it's, animated it's animation also department. Way MCU, Marvel Comics animation has been shitty over the years. Uh, over the years, yes. Uh, since Disney bought, uh, since Disney bought Marvel and has been doing the Marvel animation, it has been considerably better. Oh yeah, no, you, oh you, you smell the money. Uh, Everything they're producing these days, I'm like, oh, somebody gave you real coins. So, so just on the topic of CG animation, the CG animation in this is way better than anything, like the Green Lantern CG animated thing. Yeah. It's just it's it's not good. I mean, the, no, I mean it's not that it's not good. It's just that because the stakes are way higher for this series. Yeah. Disney had to make sure they yeah. came correct and that, make sure that, that it is as polished as possible. So what I also watched recently, because occasionally I like to watch the stuff, the animated stuff that's not dirt. So what if is directed at basically everybody, but there's a couple of things on Disney Plus. Some of it is, is shows that were on Disney XD, like the Spider-Man series, which is, I mean, it's directed towards kids, but it's great. Um, there's a, a bunch of shorts that I actually think were produced by Disney+. Plus. They might have been on Disney XD, but I don't think they were. The Marvel Rising series, which is an animated version. Yeah, of, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, which is Ms. Marvel and Squirrel Girl and uh, Ghost Spider, who they call, you know, it's Spider-Gwen, but it's ghost spider is actually what her hero name is and it's you know like i said we're not the target audience for that but even for Mm -hmm. stuff that's like it's the target audience for marvel rising is like tween girls Mm -hmm. and for uh, animated stuff like superhero stuff which is usually not directed towards girls it's really good like it made me think of like the Marvel Rising stuff made me think of Shira and Shira is fantastic. Like I don't it, I, like I said I again I'm not the target audience for mm-hmm. that but like I said I like to check out these things just to see what's actually be dir- directed at mm-hmm. like kids with these shows and there are ones that are, you know, terrible and then there are ones that are like like Shira is way better than it needs to be almost <laughs> like it that that show almost could have been not as good as it is and probably would have been sick i mean it's just on netflix but it's like it's way better like, the marvel rising stuff too it's just like it's 
for stuff some of those sh shorts are like five minutes and it's like this is way better than you needed to make it <laughs> but yeah uh what if um yeah and it just another it just solidifies that this this is why the air conditioner in, is off <laughs> um this is why the uh my investment in like disney plus has just like paid off it's yeah like yeah. hit after hit yeah. wandavision falcon and winter soldier loki now this it's yeah like shit and it was and a really great way to it was a great great first episode to start it with like yeah. i wasn't sure which story they were gonna do first but it's a really good like way to like start it off mm -hmm. agreed and i love like you know the voice cast. They couldn't get Chris Evans, but they got this guy Josh Keaton, yeah. who's we were talking about, like just voiceover actors who can play like twelve different people. And it's just like Charlie was just like, "Is that Chris Evans?" It's like it's not, but you know. But if you're wondering, then you know they did a fine yeah, job. And they did a really good job. You know, and and they, it's impressive enough that they they were able to bring back as many people, as many actors as it's they Disney. did. Yeah. To pool. yeah, so. Overall, I'm I'm excited for this. I mean, considering um, that it's animation, they probably, to a certain extent, weren't even bringing people back. They probably recorded a lot of the, the, because they probably had the scripts like, maybe even three four years ago. They could have recorded all of the dialogue for all this stuff like years ago, yeah. and just kept it. And then, and then when they were actually doing like the, the animation production, they could have brought back a couple of them, you know, to do ADR. But yeah, they could have just recorded all of the audio. And and just like collecting actors to do this is easy to do. I mean, you yeah. don't have to physically be yeah. in the studio to get this job done. But yeah, so far this has been it's, a banger. Of it's a, first a solid, episode. solid first episode. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, we've been repetitive for months now when it comes to these Disney TV shows, but they get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so Damn. as per my theory about who the phase four major villain is, mm -hmm. we've already seen who the phase four major villain is. Uh, Cause I very recently reread Avengers dis disassembled. The, the major phase four villain is going to be the Scarlet Witch. Because you think? yeah, and pure because I there's certain like storylines mm. that they really like they're not adapting them like exactly for the page like a lot of the movies like obviously because they didn't have the mutants and they didn't have a lot of the characters Captain America Civil War wasn't gonna be Marvel Civil War, but they pulled a bunch of the concepts from that in there and then when i reread avengers disassembled i was just like minus like magneto is her father and all that like there that whole storyline hinges on basically her finding out that she had kids mm -hmm. and that memory being like taken from her and then all that's like it's basically wandavision is the reason why she go she kind of snaps and sets off this chain of events that basically, like, for lack of a better way of phrasing this, the title of the book, the storyline, Disassembled, like, basically just takes apart the adventures. I disagree. I disagree. I could find her being a villain for a movie. 
mm-hmm. but not for the series of movies because sure. um with what they set up with loki with um what's with the name? multiverse yeah with sure the, sure I, it's gonna be kang or some version of kang you know jonathan majors i feel because we've only seen one incarnation and this was a loopy one we have yet to see the more sinister ones that you know well, he well, alluded well, to. Well, well, keep in mind the reason why I say Scarlet Witch is for Phase Four. Keep in mind Thanos wasn't the was the major villain for three phases of the Marvel movies. Uh-huh. We don't actually see him as the villain until way later. Right, but they that, teased them throughout. Since, a very, since since phase one, at the end of a couple of movies, they would tease him. No, he was not teased until Avengers. You you had four, and okay. that's, phase, yeah, no, that's no, the that's, end of phase one. No, no, you're right. That's yeah, the end that's of the, phase at, one. That's what I, yeah, at the end of phase one, they still, correct, yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that, so you have the major villain, quote unquote, of phase one was Loki. That's what I'm saying. Like, you might get to, a, like, a second phase. Because you're thinking, like, in Avengers that it needs to be another Thanos. And it's like, I don't think – I think they're going to kind of do it the same thing again. They're going to have a smaller villain, which in which I, I think is going to be Scarlet Witch. I mean, and then behind her is going to be whatever the next Thanos is. That's what I'm saying. I don't know whether they'll do have the have her be the villain of it might be what and you're what saying. Her role be in the multiverse of madness? Uh, that could be the touching off point that makes her like snap again. Like she's we with, already saw her snap in the TV show. And you saw the scale of what her powers could so, be. So she's healed and she's now broken again. No, 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 no. She's starting to go dark. That's that's a different thing. Like, I don't think it's going to be exactly what Avengers Disassembled was. And it, But, I mean, I think you're right. I don't think she's going to be the, the, the big bad overall. But I think that, that there's going to be – that's going to be hovering in the back. And it might come to a head in, in they, Doctor Strange 2. But haven't they done this already? Sure. Like that just doesn't feel done. What exactly? She's all like she's been a villain, and then she gets good, and then she, something happens, and then she's yeah. a villain again, and then she sure. gets healed again, and it's like I don't think they'll do that. Again. Right? Like yeah. I don't need to see if they choose to do that. I'm out. I don't need to see that again. Right? Are you really telling me you're in Marvel? You're telling me you don't have enough people? That you to, to be villains oh, that you oh, gotta no, keep no. going back to this chick. The, the, no, the, that's what I'm saying is they're gonna use her to set up something else. But I think that that's gonna be I and I I like I said I agree with you, Eva. I think that that's gonna come to a culmination in the Doctor Strange film. But keep in mind how far you know when Doctor Strange is coming out. It's not it. I think it's maybe there's two or three films that are coming out before that comes out. When is When's the next Marvel movie? Next month, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's next month. Who the hell is this? The the martial the martial movie. arts one. You you saw the trailer. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. When was this? Uh, a couple like last month I think. 
something like that. Something yeah, like that. it's martial arts. People are gonna kick and punch and look pretty. You'll you'll dig it. Yeah, it, it's okay. also based, Charlie. What you're saying is they still have to set. They have to set up characters again, and they have an even larger hurdle to overcome aside from the sequels is that the characters that they're setting up now aren't characters that everyone's already familiar with. Mm -hmm. Like when you said, who is this? Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's going to be like three quarters of the characters that they're going to introduce mm -hmm. in the next hand, even in the sequels they're, they're going to, yeah, they're not going to be the obvious ones. The, no. the obvious ones have been covered. Yeah. Now it's like new ground and they're diversifying uh, their, you know, just their characters, I mean, which is Oscar nice. Oscar Isaac is playing Moon Knight. Who, who besides That's awesome. Us, who besides us know who the fuck Moon Knight even is? I love like, it. I, I, I'm a huge fan. I love yeah, Moon Knight. Back great, in, like, great, great night. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s mm -hmm. character. Uh, yeah, and I love that But they a lot of Oscar people Isaac. don't know this character. Yeah. Shadow Man. Some, like, Malibu comics type of character he's like a bootleg batman and yeah I yeah just he's think, definitely a bootleg I just, batman. I just, look look i'm a marvel fan and he is a bootleg batman with mystic powers like i mean look my favorite character of all time is dr strange except that he can fight no 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 well no he's moon he's knight? he's batman with mystical powers that is definitely what what moon knight is okay. uh yeah, my favorite Marvel character of all time is what if Batman had no money? Like, that's who Daredevil is. Daredevil is <laughs> Batman. What if Batman yeah. wasn't a fucking billionaire? Like, that's exactly... I mean, look, he's blind, but if you look at, like, his skill set, he is much. really... He's Batman if Batman grew up working class instead of being a billionaire. Mm -hmm. like, which is why I've always said that, like, Batman is, like... He is... He is the comic book representation of white privilege. Like that's that's who Batman is. I mean, yeah. And look, I love me some Batman, but that's who Batman is. Batman doesn't get to be Batman if he's not a rich white man. Like, that's why when everyone Every says character is a comic book representation of white privilege. To be honest, that is. I mean, that is. That Iron is. Fist. That's, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. from downtown. Yeah, yeah. It, but but you know what? At least in his aside from the show, at least in the um, the oranges, the stories in the comic books, they actually do uh, address that. Whereas they've never really ever addressed, really in a serious way, that that's who Batman is. Like Batman was like the second. Yeah. To be second. honest. To be honest. Marvel heroes are derivatives of DC heroes. Oh yeah, to be honest. Yes. Well, but that's because so that's because Batman yeah, was yeah. just the second hero off the print sure, after Superman. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah, literally, yeah. Uh, so it's. I mean, yeah, I get it. it's like a rich white guy, but I mean, he is one of the original heroes. Out sure. There, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's funny. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there are lots of new characters in the works that MCU is going to be introducing. And Shang-Chi like, uh, is going to be a phenomenon. Like, um, what was it? The Black Panther? No, not well, Black Panther. And what was the one with the wedding Asian? Uh, the Oh, Crazy Rich Asians? Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. That is going to be as popular, except uh, way better. Yeah. Um... But that being said, since we've discussed DC characters, we should discuss the actually really good, super fun DC yeah, movie. I mean, that came out. I mean, I've I've 
paid attention to a lot of the uh, box office numbers, and I, I, I don't know if it's the issue of the Delta variant keeping people home, but it just tanked. It you didn't know, do well, uh, yeah. Uh, box offers. I don't know if it's the Delta variant or the fact that people were having the original uh, Suicide Squad PTSD and were hesitant oh. to support it. But, dude, <coughs> that was a great movie. Well, here's That was a great movie. Has HBO, has HBO Max released how many streams the movie they got? Or wh- None they of these streaming do, yeah. services ever released that. Because, like, because Disney was able to say how much money they gained from the premiere access to Black Widow. Yeah. Right. So they were able to create they were able to create a box office tally that had streaming factored into it. And and I'm curious because to me, Delta didn't help anything. Having it for free in your house at the same time didn't help drive anybody no. to go to the theater when they didn't have to. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't think DC has the track record that makes people feel like even if you want to invest the time, is this where you want to put it? Probably well, not. Well, well it, it it goes to, well, it's a couple, it's a bunch of things that didn't work in its favor. Um, all the things we've said, but also there is, God bless Idris, but he's not a box office draw by himself. Fuck you, dude. Has he, Idris is a dope. He is, but is he a box office draw um, on his own? It dep- I, I think it depends on the audience. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Look, I love the man, but I I don't think he. It, you know, it depends it, on the you audience. Are saying some real wild stuff tonight. It depends but, but, on the audience because I, I think at this point a lot of audiences know who Idris is, especially yes. especially the Fast and Furious crowd. But, but, but they know who he yes. is. But think about like he has not had that many movies where he is the star <clears throat> of the movie. Correct. Yeah, that is true. So he is He's... not. Like I said, this is not like I'm not trying to like I love Idris Elba, but he is not the level of star. That and I have grown to not like Will Smith really at all, but Will Smith can still carry a movie. Yeah, because you know how, how many black action heroes? Yeah, do you have? Yeah, right. This this is a que- this is a bigger question about how many opportunities do you give to people yeah. of color to lead either sure. films or franchises or particular genres? Sure. That's really what that is. Cause... I, like I said, that's what I'm saying. When I said it's not a knock against Idris, it isn't. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, that could... man could have you, you know, been in a handful of like he should be because because it would be because it would be like, the he same. He should be a a much more major star than he is. Because like, in some ways, that's the, the it's the same thing that made Tenet fall. Do you do you care to see this like mind bendy action movie? Well, the draw, the draw, the draw, the tenant wasn't any of that cast. The draw of that was the director. Yeah. The draw of this was the the draw of this was James Gunn. But that being said, James Gunn doesn't have the same doesn't have doesn't have a box office draw. Like, he he does because he did Guardians, but that's not 
it's no, not the same. It's MCU. it's not the same as a Christopher Nolan. Like it's it's you not. Can't put them. You, they, it's you can't compare them. They're not on. The, they're they're just very different films. They are, but I'm but I'm saying that because we don't allow people of color to lead certain films, then they don't do well, and then you don't want to invest in letting them lead yeah. in these films well, in no, the no. future and, I, it, I, and I it perpetuates a problem but, but i don't think that's... where now you say idris is not a box office draw and it's like yeah but there's a system in place that sure, has sure. created that that's true but that is not i wasn't just particularly saying idris elba i was and you are correct i'm not disputing that mm -hmm. you are absolutely correct but putting that aside for the moment maybe Margot Robbie, maybe. There's not really anyone who's in this movie who is a box office draw on their own. Well, also, uh, on top of that, it goes to your point about when you said saying, chi who is that? There's no characters in this movie that, like, it's not, this isn't Batman. Like, it doesn't matter that it is a better film or even if, if, if the first Suicide Squad had never happened, this movie on its own isn't going to be as much of a box office draw as like a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Well, there's there's also like the the hardship that like Harley Quinn didn't do well because it had the association with the first Suicide Squad. Yeah. Then like for whatever reason, wanting to create distance from the first one, but still retaining the elements that seemed to do well. So they kept Harley Quinn fantastic. Sure. But they decided to name the sequel The Suicide Squad. And they were like, that makes it a completely different <laughs> movie, right? And so if you're trying if you want to create distance, that's not your smartest plan. But then because all you're doing is reminding people like, oh, Harley Quinn didn't do all that well. The first one wasn't all that good. Why do I need to why do I need to put socks and shoes on to leave the house yeah, and go I see this? Yeah, I think that was, like, if we're, like, putting aside the fact that the movie, we are going to talk about, in my opinion, how great this movie is. Um, that being said, like, it just, it had, if you're, if you're talking about box office draw, this is the movie that every, and when you don't see the streaming numbers, this is the movie that everyone wanted to watch streaming if they had HBO Max. Yeah. yeah. Everyone. Like, which is which makes me very disappointed that that none of these serve because you can make an assumption at least with Disney doing their their premiere access on Black Widow for streaming you can make an assumption about how many additional eyes sure. were on the movie right so you can get a sense of like how many millions of people would have seen it when you don't release the streaming figures and all you have is the number yeah. of how many people were willing to go out into the theater in a Delta variant, you know, in a pandemic, like, and, and maybe like, you're not all that economically well off, sure. you know, because this, because this is really taking a toll. Like if all you're relying on is that number, you will think that this failed. Yeah. But I think that's kind of an open question. Sure. I at agree. This point. I don't think it did simply because it succeeded in the area that matters most. AT&T and getting people to subscribe to HBO. Listen. Max. And I heard and I've heard 
subscribers have increased recently, which I'm guessing that was the ultimate objective of AT&T and Warner Bros. Right. I mean, it's uh, they they d- and the tiered system that they launched with with the service and then making it that like you effectively that if you pay for the 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 best tier, you get to be able to see Suicide Squad and all of the releases at the same time. Right? I just I think there's an impression that it failed because all you have is this one skewed data yeah, point. Yeah, I completely and, agree with that. And you don't have a fuller-fledged conversation about all of the other things that might have played into it. Mm-hmm. And frankly, this was the first... I mean, and I've seen a lot of these clunkers with you guys to the point that some of these DC movies, I've been like, I can't... I love myself. And I think I'm, and I think I'm worth more than this. I really felt that way, right? And then I can't Har- argue with you. Man. And then really Harley Quinn was the first movie where I said, "Hold up, wait a minute!" Like I bought that. Like I really enjoyed the hell out of it. And I was like, "Okay," and that actually made me want to see this one. Yeah. And I was like, "It's completely different." I did not like it as much because Harley Quinn speaks to my feminist sensibilities in a way that the Suicide Squad did not. Does not, yeah. But sure. it speaks to your pants, though. Don't lie. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Why nobody told me Big Sexies was just gonna be walking around like this? This was important information. Or that John Cena and Teddy Whitey's. No, I don't. John Cena. <laughs> John Cena. It's too. It's too roidy. Like I there's something about This looks like a giant turkey. Like a there's giant uncooked turkey. That's what there's something have. about John Cena where I'm like the steroids are not gonna even, turn and he's gonna kill me in my sleep. Not, and I don't need not, that. Not even one turkey, just a bunch of turkeys kinda <laughs> stacked together with veins on them. He's a <laughs> Mega turkey? Yeah, he's like a mega turkey. <laughs> it's just just uncooked. You know the way an uncooked turkey breast? That's like his whole body. Like every part of him. And then you see like these massive veins. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you're, do- you're doing the most. And I worry that like one day <laughs> sure. the roid rage is going to be real and like, you're gonna murder somebody that 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 being said one of the things that i enjoyed about this movie and one of the things like i haven't seen obviously all of the things because i'm not a huge john cena fan but you know because of what they do in wrestling and how over the top mm-hmm. their characters are they i think for a little while, they made the mistake of always trying to make them be action heroes. And yes, they can, of course, be action heroes, but to make them serious action heroes. No, and, this and, was and just perfectly silly and campy so, and just playing to everybody's so, strengths. So, like, one of the things that, that The Rock did is the moment he stopped... Because remember, like, before, like, he was in Scorpio and a handful of, like, not-so-great, like quote-unquote serious action films, the moment he started to be kind of poke at fun at himself a little bit and to be funny, he all of a sudden became phenomenally more successful. Like, and these guys, like, their person at, like, 
just wrestlers in general, you know, the guys who come out of like WWE. They can all pull that off. They, they can't all, but but, the, but but Cena had great mic skills in terms of. But that's what I'm charisma. saying. That's what I'm saying. Rock like was... they really, the really successful, like charismatic, like wrestlers can, and especially like they they end up being good at being funny, just because they're used to being. Like, it's the camp aspect. Yeah, of yeah. what there there's there's yeah. a camp. Only three of them could pull that off: The Rock, Cena, and Batista. Yeah. Everyone else have sucked. Hulk Hogan, I've seen his shit. Earlier, earlier, <laughs> right. earlier, earlier, earlier era though, like, like er, earlier era, but also to Jamie's point, you're trying to be serious, right? Or you're well, trying. Even you're, the funny you, stuff Hulk Hogan was in was. It's no you're trying to be a little. Yeah. You're trying to be a little more straight faced about it. Yeah. It's like you. It's like you. Even if you're doing something that's funny and silly, you are taking yourself seriously. Yeah. Because now you are an actor, right? And and there is something about like, like I enjoyed, not the visual of John Cena, but I enjoyed the performance <laughs> of John yeah. Cena because because I was like. Oh, he's just having a grand old time. Yeah. Right? Like, he knows what this is, and he's, and he he's was, in it to win it. Uh, what was the movie with... Uh, he had just a bit role in the it. Mer- the, oh, with uh, LeBron James? Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Amy Schumer's Amy movie. Schumer, yeah. Amy Schumer's movie. Oh, he yeah, 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 yeah. He's train wreck. He's hilarious in train wreck because he's... He, he knows who, he knows what this is, and he knows who he is. Yeah, yeah. but but that that role was great because he he's playing like this huge muscle guy who's like massively emotionally insecure, and I was just like, that's a for like a bit. I heard he's great as uh. I, there was a movie that came out. I think it was called oh god, what was it called? He's it had some like it had some that's like the only one I know. About. No, but that was the bad one. Yeah. Uh, it was like a ton in cheek uh name. I can't remember what it, it, where he plays a dad. Uh, oh God, I wish I, I heard it was. It's a comedy. Uh, I heard it was great because like, like he's good at comedy. The one of the other wrestlers, he, he kind of came and went though. Who I think would have been good at that. Chris Jericho probably would have been okay as like a comedy sort of action. He does not. He he's not as doesn't he, have the look. I'm sorry. He doesn't. He just no, does he doesn't not have the look. And he's not a, has probably has the skills. Yeah. But you're not gonna go uh, spend money just to watch him. Act. No, no. Well, I wasn't. I mean, you're not gonna pay money to see John Cena act either. Rock is an anom- almost an anomaly because that dude is just. Batista's one. He's got Batista. He is. But, Batista, but, 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 but his, even but not to the comedies have been it, pretty good. Yes, though. but not to the same extent that like The Rock is. I mean, look, Dwayne Johnson. That dude is like walking charisma. Oh, do you, are you talking about blockers? Yes, that's the one. That oh. was actually really fucking you, funny. You guys saw that? I've I have not see seen blocker. Really, it's really funny. And so, so I did see it. It's really hilarious. And did he once again, he, you? huh? Did you discuss you visually as well? He's too, it's too much. And then what's happening is like, as he ages, he's losing yeah, neck. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's, yeah. he's, he's what happens is his, his like, his necular region is shrinking. So like, it just, like one day, I mean, you're gonna, you, you, it's gonna, it's what you saw happen to Schwarzenegger. He gets the little eleven, 
and it's just it's not there like like in three weeks he can't wear a necklace do you get what i'm saying (laughs) like in three weeks he cannot do it it's like there's a picture of him on wikipedia where he's wearing a tie and i'm like for how much longer Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not possible like look at that this is not gonna happen again and even here his neck is screaming (laughs) yeah this neck is screaming there. But he's but ugh, Suicide Squad, like, I mean, just the, I mean, putting aside, like, all the box, whatever, this cast was great. Viola yeah. Davis yeah. killed it, as always, because yeah. she's a boss. I mean, even, I forgot the guy's name who plays Polka Dot Man. Uh, he, John Dalm. He's oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was great. he's part of the article about him? About, uh, well, that, but also, like, that when, so apparently, like, he didn't go through a casting process. Like, James Gunn wrote that role for him. Wow. And then when he found out that he was being offered to it, he wrote this incredibly sweet note back to James Gunn because apparently the character not without the mom thing but like that kind of he has uh, vitiligo and like he felt really awkward as a kid like there's this he wrote this incredible like emotional letter to James Gunn just saying like thank you so much for putting me in this movie like the, I identify with this character like it was one of those things you read and you go I want to hug this man. <laughs> like he's that. Yeah, because he's always been like, hey, it's that guy. He's always been basically an extra with a couple of lines that, yeah. you know, we re- we remember seeing him. But this this was his his revelation type of role. Like this of, could put him on. This Yeah, and he was terrific. Because, we you know, we, we did, you were curious as to what his deal was with the with the 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 colors and the 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 the, the marbles and 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 he ended up being one of the most memorable characters in this movie. Yeah. And he like stand out. I mean even like some of like the less like I, I you know as an actress as a character Ratcatcher 2 I liked her story more than I liked her character. I liked her. I like no, yeah, I liked her. I mean, was she the greatest no, best uh, character in the movie. No, but I think she brought the other characters. Together I mean, we all know who grounded. the best character in this movie was. <laughs> it's literally this morning. I, I got up and I was like half asleep, and Dad, because we watched it again like last yeah. night. Dad just goes, "Hand," to me. <laughs> started laughing. Yum yum. Not really. Not away. I didn't Nanu- like. I did really? not. Really, li- I love. I didn't Nanu- hate him, but yeah. For me, it was just like the other characters. I mean, I sure. just saw him as another, like a carbon copy of the Marvel characters, like you know Groot. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say that. I just saw him as Groot. He's as, a combination of Groot and the Hulk. Is basically yeah. yeah what he no, is. he's he's this movie's Groot. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you could run a parallel to a lot of to you know because it is a James Gunn film, mm-hmm. and there are types like that are kind of rampling. You know, uh, there's a couple characters, not the main characters in Guardians, but they're like amalgam. I mean, of course, because he puts his brother in everything that like they're. <laughs> there are, and his brother plays two different roles. In yes, this. yes, um, and I just enjoyed. James Gunn just like killing off ev- virtually every 
remnants of the first film. And also, all of the characters except for uh, Waller survive. I mean, dies. I mean, in this movie, and I was just happy about it, that. It also, Joel Kinnaman, whatever his last name is. Yeah, no, you got, got it. Yeah, it's spoiler alert. He dies. He's such a spoiler. Yeah, he's <laughs> such a fucking. He's he is a human bummer. Yeah. He really he's like, look, just he's he's paint dry look, paint look, paint look, paint dry look, drying on the wall. He was he was great in that in the killing and like that was about it. Yeah, he's so fucking dull. But he, that's the that's the anomaly a bit because he he keeps getting roles. He's he is successful. He's white and he's in shape, so yeah. he gets he gets these yeah. action because he he's like he's in a lot of things. To go so far as to say he's in a lot of things. He's got like, I think he's got like one more movie before, which is too long. People should have realized when he was in RoboCop, they was like, "Dad, dude." He's three day old Wonder Bread. Like I just can't take it. Yeah. Every- Although they did, he was okay in this movie. He was. he was okay, but but he was also like, and I but I did him being super boring and dull. Was fine because there were so many other characters to be interesting yeah. around him. I understand, him. but like every time he came on the screen, I just said, "Oh my god!" And what's funny is, like, even more so than in other movies, he was just kind of a bummer. It's yeah. so weird. Like, he I just every time I see him, and I see like that little cartoon Zoloft circle. Like, I just <laughs> can't do it. I can't take so, it. I, I can't watch the movie again because every time he shows up, I'm just like, oh, my God, it's you again. Like, why? Uh, I also love that that, like, first five minutes, there's just so much, like... So there was some stunt casting, and also I heard that there was a, there was a couple alternate... A handful of alternate versions of the script where different sets of characters die, <laughs> which is why, like, they kind of put some of the character... Like, the actors more top-billed. Is a, is that in a until they got to the shooting script, there was a couple different versions where like it was different characters mm. who survived that first ten minutes and different characters who die later. But yeah, uh, just I mean, I, I, just, I don't know what it is like the same what you're saying about Joel Kinnaman. I have a similar thing about there's just something about Pete Davison that I'm just like he's not funny. I'm sorry, he's just not funny. It's not just that. It's just something about his. His whole like look is just like you just seem. But he dies, group. <laughs> yeah, hilariously. Uh, yes, painfully in the first in the opening segment. Um, and That's I have to give this movie props for just featuring Nathan Fillion having the worst powers. So funny. There. So Detachable funny. Detachable arms. Only to slap people. <laughs> and then he's right, he writes in pain when they shoot his arms. I'm sorry. But like, who, the thing about that whole mission is I was just like, why? <laughs> he's going to lose it. <laughs> I'm just visualizing him just spazzing out on the beach as they shoot his arms floating floating in the air but you know what the crazy thing is first of all if it's so, gravity but but he's not even a good slapper at that <laughs> yeah 
Like he's like he's doing like a like a like a dynasty cat fight slap. He's not even like so, hitting people with the back end. So so the going theory, and this is like I don't even think it's a theory. I think it's made explicit in the movie. <laughs> is that whole, with the exception of possible exception of uh, Flag and Harley, that entire team one was sent there for the explicit explicit purpose of dying. Like that was Waller's plan the entire time. Oh, yeah? is, is, That's what I couldn't is to just, understand. Yeah, no, the 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 going theory and now that like when I read about that I was like, "Oh yeah, based on her character that makes total sense. Everyone who's on that beach team 1, mm-hmm. they were all sent there to die. They were sent there to die as a distraction so that Idris Elba's blood sports team could make it onto huh. the beach and past the army. They were purely there as cannon, cannon fodder. And then when you think about like like who all those characters were, you're like, oh, that makes total sense. And it also for her character, like Amanda Waller, like she's mm-hmm. will sacrifice people yeah. for the objective. <laughs> what was it like a meerkat? Like what animal was weasel, that? Weasel. Weasel. There it is. That gross looking weasel. Was he weasel or werewolf? Was it a werewolf? No, he's a weasel. He's a like weasel. A, Okay. Uh, maybe a were weasel or a mutant weasel, but yeah, he's just a weasel. And I'm glad that character will be featured in a future DC <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I even having having seen not that I wanted to, I didn't want to see this, but apparently, you can totally see his dong in a in a CG dong like weasel. Also, there, yeah, it, it was just a random. I mean, it's, it's such a James Gunn thing to just like, oh, it's a naked character. Of course, you're gonna be able to see his dong. Uh, yeah, so, and also there's a theory going on. I mean, I, these, like, stories pass, you know, because I look up these movies that, like, Weasel survives and he's going to pop up later because he's one of the only characters who's actually, you know, they say, oh, he, he killed 27 children. It's like, he's actually innocent of that crime. Mm. So, we'll see. Uh, the only one, the, honestly, the only thing that, as a DC fan... That kind of irritated me was that they threw Mongol in there, and how she—I mean, she's still hilarious in the movie context, but considering who that character is in the comic books, I was like, oh. You gotta let it go because yeah. she was just there. Oh to no, no, look I do. I, yeah, like a badass and just get. Yeah, sure, up sure. Half. Darth mauled, pretty much. Yeah. For our entertainment. I mean, and I was a little—I mean, as far as like alternate characters dying later on, <coughs> I was a little bit, you know, sad to see. Uh, Captain Boomerang, but I think that has more to do with the fact that I like Jai Courtney. He was great in the first movie, yeah. but I mean, James Gunn could do more with some of the other characters. Sure. You know. Um, but yeah, overall, great vibe. I love the fact that they had a giant kaiju <laughs> featured. Star that Con- was great. Star the Conqueror, and, and, and like such a comic, because in the comic books, he's like a major like Justice League level villain. Number one, to have it scaled down so that it's the Suicide Squad that have to take him on. And number two, that they went the way he is in the comic with He's a giant, like, blue and purple starfish with a giant eyeball. Like, and they didn't, like, try and tone down the color I mean, or anything. I mean, you're like, not going to – that even though he was a Justice League-level villain, 
You're not gonna feature him in a Justice no, of course, League of, movie. Of course not. <laughs> you know, maybe in an animated movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's popped you know, up. I think he popped up action. on like Justice League Unlimited, Unlimited, like one of the animated. That be, but like I said, I just appreciate the like they just went full. That was great goofiness. I was like, Kaiju. There's yeah, it's oh, this was perfect. I love. Uh, I missed the first time I watched the movie. There's a line. Uh, where they 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 take Peter Capaldi out of the bar, which two things that if you you might have noticed this, that the the name of the the bar that they go to in Spanish. Mm. Wait, I got it. What is the name in Spanish? It's actually the it's the amiable something like in but it's actually the happy. It translates as the happy pussy. Like that's the name of the the club that they go to. I'm trying to remember. Oh shoot. Uh, I'm we, sure I we, noticed. We, we I'm were, sure I noticed it. Yeah, and, and oh, and la gatita. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are. You are the politest of us. So. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Um, yeah, it's coming back to me. Uh, uh, la gata feliz or something. No, like that. no, no, no. It's like the amiable. You're right, but you're close. But yeah, we were watching that, and when we watched it, Cat was watching us, watching it with us, and she started laughing. She's like, "The name of that place is the Happy Pussy." Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Also, when they're taking Capaldi out of the bar, uh, and she said, do you want a bunch of angry rodents crawling up your ass? And he responds by saying, the answer to that may surprise you. <laughs> I completely missed that the first time I watched the film. <laughs> I actually didn't catch it until I saw – I was watching it with the, with the subtitle, like the closed captioning on. I was like, oh, shit, I completely missed <laughs> He's great. He was great in it. Um, I mean, once again, great casting sure. will make this movie good. Um, and it's just like the story is over the top, which suits a type of movie, yeah. this type of movie. And yeah, it's just fun. You know, something that was lacking in the original yeah. Suicide Squad. Do movie. you think DC is getting their mojo together? No. Yes, they are, simply because they've, yeah, yeah. Well, they were held back by allowing Zack Snyder to define the mm -hmm. DCU movies. Now that they've moved away from him and letting other creators do their own thing, we've seen good movies. I mean, are they going to be the level of MCU? No. But they're not going to be shitty like what we Also, the, the guy Snyder. who made the first Suicide Squad uh, has been very vocal of like supporting this one. By basic, I mean whether it's tr whether what he's saying is true or not, he said that like it's like the second time or like James Gunn made the movie that he wanted to make. Mm. Warner Brothers probably meddled a lot in the first. movie. He was saying that two things like the cut that got released in the theaters was not the movie that he made. Oh. He even said that like when they did like the sort of director's cut, he was like, "Yeah, that wasn't mine either." Oh my goodness! Like he's basically, I mean. <laughs> Look, I could believe the first part. The second part is a stretch, uh, but I like I, it's you know he basically has been very vocal on like social media and everything. Like I get you know because of course they're gonna interview him about this one. He's just like, no, he made the movie that I wanted to make, and I didn't really get to do it. And I was just like, okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so so much fun. Uh, also, what 
a lot of people have been saying, and I agree with them, is like if you don't like rats, this might this the finale oh, of this movie no. might be a problem yeah. for you. Oh, yeah, what? I had to look away for those scenes. <laughs> Definitely. I were uh, in New Yorkers where you saw that. Yeah, rat. yeah, but not, you, and you Seba- that I mean, level. Sebastian was kind of adorable, but that being said, it's just like wow. That <laughs> and again, like little stunt casting thing, not stunt casting, but you know, people he know, like Taika. <laughs> yeah, popping up um, in it. Don't forget Mantis. She was in the g- pussy bar as well. Seeing. <laughs> oh yeah, I was that wondering was whether I was wondering whether that was her. And she was the most Asian of the people there in a very pa- palm, uh, Latino Well, I mean, it, it, yeah. In fairness, I think Palm kind of. I think she's Filipino, so it's like it's. The, oh, she's Filipino. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was wondering about that. I was just like, she looks so. Here, yeah, uh, and even like uh, Richard say, like the general. Apparently, one of the generals. Is yeah, he's from. He's definitely from like the telenovelas. I I recognize him right away. It's I'm I'm glad he's getting. You know, it was perfect for him because they're in this fictional South American uh, country, and he's the general. I mean, he fits in the role perfectly. It was just funny to see because like I, I remember like I could I definitely recognize them. And the secretary all loved. Yes. That was I oh, I yes. mean just we hel- all hel- loved her. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, for that third for like fraction of a second that she was there, but yeah, she was definitely noticed. I mean, I mean that was total. I mean, I feel like there's little nods Raw to things. Of steel. I feel like if you're gonna like that almost thing is like if you're gonna uh, cast the uh, like a telenovela novella guy in the general role, you have a secretary be a girl like that. It's just like it's totally like a a, like somebody thought about that detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's a James Gunn probably like thought of that detail. Uh, I will. So I will say something from being the the Latino in the room. I appreciated that if they 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 picked the setting for it to be this fictional Latin American country that the the locals and the the you know the Latino folk who are being portrayed are actually are actually you know they actually speak the language and it, it's 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 authentic. I it really bothers me. Uh, maybe not so much recently, but tra- traditionally Hollywood has depicted uh, Latino actors with this fake Spanish that anyone who's fluent will pick it up right away. And Are you it's referring just, to what they did with Narcos, where that. Uh Portuguese guy. No, that's different. That's different. Actually, no. Narcos is pretty authentic. What they're, they're what is distracting? Yes, but that's a whole other issue entirely. My my issue with Hollywood specifically is when they they portray uh, Latino, not necessarily um, uh, protagonists, but you know, like side characters or even extras and they're not like they don't they're they're not really they don't speak the language but they're so that's what they're supposed to do wait wait so they're not latinos they are but they don't 
like they're not like it, Spanish is not really their first language. Yeah, and and, and but they're supposed to speak the language, and then when they do, it's incredibly distracting. I I will say that I, to your point, there is like so if they're not major characters, there's a tendency like especially if it's even if it's like especially if it's a fictional country. Yeah, it's like oh no one will notice that we didn't bother to like. That actually says something, you know, to credit of James Gunn and the other, uh, maybe not James Gunn himself, but a bunch of the other people who were working on this movie, that they bothered to make Cultural Maltese seem like a real country, even though it isn't. Yeah. And one of yeah. the details of that is that you have them speak Spanish in it's... a dialect that actually feels like a real country. No, yeah, and it's no, it's authentic. People speaking it Spanish. feels it feels authentic. They're actually speaking the language, and it's not watered down in any way. I, I like when okay, if you think back at, um, like Schwarzenegger movies from back in the day when he's like movies like Commando sure. and others, or even like Stallone movies where he's like shooting people up in you know throughout Latin America and. And these extras that show up, they're just—it's just, it's just it, something's off. Well, well, if you every if you, single if, time, if you go back really. far enough, there are Italians playing Mexicans, yeah, and Indians, yeah, like. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was always that old. Like growing up with watching, I yes, I enjoyed these movies. I enjoy like a stupid shoot 'em up action movie. Yes, but that aspect of it always like it was very distracting. It was so, it, I mean, it bothered me. Like generally speaking. I I have a problem when you make it if you made it important enough for this to be in a particular country and be of a particular culture but then you did nothing to actually try to replicate it that always bothers me right because because it's a weird thing of saying it's important enough that it be in some fictitious Latin America country that we're going to create a name and we're going to create a scene and we're going to do all of this stuff to make you think that you're, that you are where you are, but you're going to stop short of actually using the people and the language. And that is a thing that happens like, like whenever, you know, there's a movie, you know, and let's say it's, it's in China Casting directors will look at any Asian person and say, you can be in this Chinese movie, right? And without any kind of regard for what that actually... Cough, cough. Love the series, but warrior. You know what I'm saying? Like, there there is... There's just this sense of, like, you've made it... you, You. especially when you're the you're the creator of the movie you have made it so important that something take place in a particular area but you did nothing so, to actually so, show care so, so even even to further that point about th- like the fact that they bothered to do it with a fictional latino character like latin american country and also to as i was talking about the club they snuck in a joke in spanish yeah yeah that you would only notice if you actually spoke the language. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know that, and then all of a sudden, when Cat had start, Cat started laughing, and she just went, "Ha!" The club's named the Happy Pussy. And I was just <laughs> like, I wouldn't have known. I didn't know that the first time around watching it. And it's just like, 
oh, that means someone actually like bothered not only to make the language, but but snuck but in you a, know nuance. But, but you know the nuance. They like snuck he, in a joke just for people who speak Spanish. Yeah. Like, uh, just sidebar. Like, look, I loved Warrior, but it was a, the no, one. No, no. I mean, once the again, the one, the big egregious thing for me in Warrior is that set in early in San Francisco, uh, downtown San Francisco, Chinatown, the beginnings of Chinatown, basically. Vert like a good chunk of the cast is Chinese, but look, there's enough Chinese American actors that you could have cast everyone yes. Chinese in that. And that show is full of characters who like I do not think that I like I know I can tell the difference between Asian people just by looking at them. Yeah. And as soon as I saw the star of that Once, show, I was just said, like, that dude's Japanese American, like as you not said, Chinese. It's it's Cinemax. I don't think it's the most Cinemax it's the most Cinemax thing. Yeah. I mean that's fair. About yeah. Authentic casting. Yeah, I mean but it's But when it, this whole f I mean, like I said, I liked that show, but when the whole shit like one of the central themes in that show is like the Irish and the white people hating on the Asians. And it's just like, he didn't even, the star of your show isn't even Chinese. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, and I, I mean, like that dude too, that actor. I love that actor, but it's like good for him for getting that job. Yeah. But well, that's, but that's the thing, right? Like it, like it just speaks to like, you know, this is a whole side tangent that oh, like sure. That's that a, like what we do that like who, that who knew the suicide squad would stir up a, a deep conversation but you because know they're doing the right things right us. but like it it means something like representation is not just oh let me just put someone in a role right yeah there has to be actual thought and care because there because you know to your to your point, like the, the this is a show about the Chinese American experience, but your lead actor is Japanese, right, or of Japanese descent. Of Japanese. He's right? mixed descent, but none of his mixed descent is Chinese. Okay, Let's put then. it that way. Right, and so it's like, well, then what is? So then, what is the purpose of this? Or like when they had freaking what's his name play Richie Valens? What's his name? Lou Diamond Phillips, who's mm -hmm. like. He's not Latin, not even a little bit. So not that. Yeah. You or, know, or like, if you you want to go, you want to go like. And look, I like Lou Dam again, like actor who I like. Uh, you want to go further back and like movie that, uh, probably a lot of us love, but has one of the most offensive characters, in it, it's Fisher Stevens' character in all, both of the Short Circuit movies. Ooh, you're going way back. Yeah. Well, Short I, circuit. I, I've never... Oh, yeah. 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 Now that you remember that, I you're remember. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. In hindsight, that that, that was that. Those films are so just wrong right now. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. What's like the rest of that movie a... is kind of fun, but it's it's a white dude playing an Indian dude yep. putting on full on like fake Indian accent yep. with. Brown skin, like oh. it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, no, that's that's a com th that 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 is like complete brown face. That yeah. is that is a completely and, and it's funny because you rewatch it and it's like he, he's from an another. It's like an entirely different movie. Mm -hmm. And when we were younger, it did just did just completely yeah. 
yeah. Well, yeah. the ma- the magical thinking of childhood, right? <laughs> sure. But like, but that actually, like, that really does bother me because it's like, one, if you're if you're gonna make it important enough for for your film to take place in a particular area, for it to feature a particular, you know, type of experience or whatever, do the homework. But then, like, it's hard out here to try to get work in Hollywood, period. Yeah. And then you layer in the fact that you come, f- that, that you're a person of color. You layer in the fact that you might be a, of a particular age. You layer in all of the obstacles that just make it even harder still. And I bet you, like, yeah, you know you're not of Chinese descent, but you also got to pay the bills. Yeah. So what's the choice you need well, to well, make? Well, I mean, credit due to what's his name from Deadpool, uh, even though the movie he actually ended up being a good career choice because the movie he backed out of ended up being terrible. Uh, the guy who played the villain in the first – I can't remember the name of the actor. But he played the villain in the, fir- in the first Deadpool movie. Oh, that guy, the English actor? Yeah. Uh, and then he got cast – as a uh, a character in the most recent Hellboy film, and then he did some research as to who that character was in the comic book, and was a character of Asian descent. And he went, "Yeah, oh, okay. I'm not. I'm gonna back yeah. <laughs> out of this." Which not only was a good move on him, like just realizing he was doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. and just going, "I can't support this." But also ended up being a good career move because that movie was fucking terrible. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, and it's it's like I wish more people would think in that sure. way. But but the reality is like not everybody can, yeah. right? Because because there's this weird thing of like your morality and your mortgage are both due sure. at the end of the month, well, right? And what do you and what are you supposed to pick? So it, what's funny is like we had a discussion on a on a much earlier episode about the voiceover industry, mm-hmm. and the voiceover industry is only like I'm saying where like anybody can play anybody, like literally anybody can play well, anybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was this kind of industry blindness where they're like, even people of color in that industry were just kind of like, well, anybody can play anybody. And then they were like, well, this is starting to become important. And it, they had a blindness for it for a really long time, mostly because it was – it's a much smaller group of people playing a much small, larger swath of characters. Uh, there's less money involved. And no one actually sees your face. Mm-hmm. So for a really long time, they just kind of had a blindness to it until a handful of people actually uh, – what's your name from – a different world who does a lot of voiceover now. Cree Summers. Cree Summers was one of the people who just went, uh, just because we, you know, you're not seeing our faces doesn't mean that this isn't important. And, you know, it, it, it actually happened quicker in the voiceover act uh, industry than, and that doesn't count stuff like Big Mouth because Big Mouth mm-hmm. isn't, is it, that's people independently casting their friends i'm talking about like the voiceover industry in general not shows that are created you know specifically more like stuff that's done for nickelodeon you know and like that actually cycled over i've like seen that because i kind of follow voiceover that's actually cycled a lot quicker than 
a lot, I think a lot of that just has to do because it's easier to do it in animation. <laughs> it's just like you can do the voice. Uh, we have a person. The character is a, is a person of color. We can hire a person. Like it's just easier to do that in the voiceover because mm-hmm. I've seen that in a lot of like cartoons recently. Yeah, Voltron. I noticed that the princess is voiced by. Um, uh, an African American voice yeah. actor, and I noticed that her skin tone was a little darker th- compared to the other characters, and I was like, "Good on them for you know acknowledging that the actor is a person of color." Well, well, not just that; it's just if they're now that they're like Marvel Rising is a perfect example of like they just that cast is the voice cast is like appropriate for the characters that they're playing. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's a good indication that hollywood is realizing that hey they need to be smarter with their casting but but i think to charlie's point i feel what i was saying particular to the voice is i think it's easier just because there's less money involved and no one actually sees their faces like they were getting away with it quote unquote for longer but Mm -hmm. because but because of that and the kind of for like it wasn't actual race blindness but for like in a kind of uh, imaginary isn't the right word, but it's just kind of like a race blindness that that industry had because, you know, any they did have like anybody playing everybody, like they had you know black voiceover actors were playing white characters, white voiceover actors were I playing. I mean, pro- probably people of what color. like ties it all in is I would assume in a voiceover context, you don't need a marquee name. Yeah, you in, don't. In, in in order for whatever whatever that finished product is to be successful, sure. right? In fact, for the most part, they want they for a really long time they want people. As I was saying about the guy who does the Chris Evans voice, they want someone who can play ten characters because then they don't play have to pay ten different actors. Yeah. Correct. Like they like they they want somebody who you know you hire one and you're done, right? And so you don't need a marquee name. Whereas when the medium is is visual and the visual has to match the audio right then all of a sudden it does matter that you have a marquee name hank azaria hank azaria yeah hank azaria and like how long did that take right yeah because it took it took took that comedian no it took that comedian's documentary Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took um, Hari Kondabalu yeah. putting together the problem. I think it was the problem with Apu. the problem with the poo. Yeah. yeah, with the poo. I think that was the name. And he of it. wasn't even really like he wasn't trying to. He he. I, I've heard it. You know, I listened to a couple interviews with him where he was like, he wasn't even really trying to trying to con- like. It wasn't. He wasn't saying like I hate this. He was like I love the Simpsons. He was just like, but can we have it? And he wasn't even like soapbox angry. And he is kind of an angry you dude. He was just like, can we have a conversation? At least have a conversation. Yeah. That was all I always the point to, of that documentary was. He was I like, always wanted to watch that. Is that streaming anywhere? I got to look for I it. I don't think so. I think it was It was on one of the streaming platforms. It might have been Amazon yeah. Prime for a while, and then it just kind of, you know. We can I, check it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, it w- yeah, it, he was on What the Fuck, and he was just like, yeah, I wasn't really trying to. He was just like, I just was trying to. Can we have a conversation about this? I mean, the like, whole point is that it, when you shed light on some of these things, you'll realize, hey, it's kind of fucked up. You know, yeah. like growing up, I never knew who these actors were until like, wait, Apu was 
voiced by a white dude. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is really fucked up. Yeah, I mean, it's just another. And, and like I said, part of, of that blackface is blackface. It's also that's part of that was that for a really long time, voiceover actors were invisible. Like unless you knew, you bothered to look it up. For years, no one knew that Mark Hamill was the voice of the Joker on Batman the Animated Series mm-hmm. for a while. And, like, Mark Hamill shifted from being a, you know, basically Luke Skywalker to being just a voiceover. major voiceover actor. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, to your point, like, this was the kind of information, especially in a pre-internet era, that you have to do detective work yeah. to find out. And it has to... And it has to actually matter enough to you to even ask the question to begin doing that detective work, right? So that's a part of like how it goes on for so long. But it seems like there there is something of a divide, right? Like because the Apu thing ran for 30 plus years yeah, before finally somebody just sort of stepped in you know, and said, we'll, we'll hit the, we'll hit the brakes here. Right. And so what is that divide? Right. Like, because then like family guy finally hired a black actor to play Cleveland. And then, you know, Kristen Bell was voicing, I think either a biracial character on a show for Apple TV. And then she stepped down and then Jenny Slate stepped down from big mouth. So what is that difference? Right. Where it's like the straight up, you know, voice actors get it get to figure this out, but these bigger like Hollywood enterprises, where it's like they're not just voiceover actors, but they're actors that you have seen on your television yeah. in some way, shape, or form, right? Yeah. Like I knew of Hank Azaria before The Simpsons. Sure. You know, and I knew I've, I knew of half of that cast before The Simpsons. Correct. Like these were not; they're not technically, or or a good chunk of them anyway, are not voiceover actors by trade. Yeah, they, they just, stumbled into it. They and they just happened to. I mean, The Simpsons again is a, one of the, an example of that. Of like, it's just the uh, Family Guy, all of those shows where it's just like the popularity and scale of the show outpaced like the ability to quickly shift that over which actually to to the indi- to the people making that show mm-hmm. whereas like again like I've listened to a couple voiceover and they were just like they they they're probably like if you were going to shift that over there were like a handful of voiceover actors not even a handful it was like a bunch of them were just like I could have done that yeah. <laughs> like yeah, um, the problem is just, like, rampant racism. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, you know, and, and also, they're behind the screen, and it's you not know, even, it's but not the e- thing is that a lot of voice actors, and I've watched a few panels uh, online featuring voiceover actors saying that actors of color still are finding that it's hard to find jobs yeah. because of race. I mean, it's just their voice. But still, yeah, becoming it's, it's, being it's, a person of color is preventing them from getting jobs, and I think the industry is making it hard, of for these actors to get these jobs. That's why it's systemic and it's institutionalized, right? Like yeah, you don't, that's what I was gonna say, like yeah. you just, 
you don't realize how deeply impacted your thinking is because, you know, because it just never occurs to you yeah. that that's a space that's out of sync, right? It, it, it would make sense to you maybe, right, to see a a person play a role of a different race in right. a, but when you because you can see that yeah right and it's and it's clearer for you it's easier for you to make that distinction but when all you have is the voice then what does it really matter in some ways right mm -hmm. and and it's because you're not drawing that connection and so you know a lot of An like animation <laughs> has this also has this thing like if you study animation what i forget where i read this but there's a way that sort of like animation comedy can work mm -hmm. uh to your point is that there is a a separation between signifier and signified mean that like what you're there is a a, a cognitive gap between what you're seeing on screen and the voice that you're hearing because of the medium of animation animation yeah well there's some but there's also something like a lot of the social move the justice movements that we're seeing right now are about connecting, connecting or about about, dots, about, yeah. about connecting those dots to say if you believe all of these other things are true then so too must this yeah right and it's and it's causing a lot of tension in like even in the social justice organizations and social justice space right like once upon a time it used to be that if somebody were to say something ridiculous like, I'm not racist because some of my best friends are people of color, you would hear that and you would say that makes absolutely no sense, right? Yeah. But now what's happening in social justice organizations is people say, well, I've dedicated my career to doing this work. I can't possibly be racist. And, once cool. up and for once upon a time, that used to be a thing you could say. Or or right? or you want to hear like a super the super insidious version of that is I've dedicated my life to elevating and the scholarship of American Indians, and but I'm also a white person who's been passing off my background as American Indian Ooh. for decades. Correct. No, correct. <laughs> like, like like there like there is something about people you know we have looked at people's careers and said, oh, well, you can't possibly be doing anything wrong. And that was like, I've been in that movement my entire career. That was something that you could say. And only in the last so many handful of years, you can't say that anymore. Can we still say that if you have a daughter, you could never sexually harass another woman? We that? No, you don't need to have a daughter to not sexually <laughs> harass a woman, right? Yeah, I see what you did there. Right? I, I see what you right? did there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like the the like the the idea there is that who you know, what you do, all of these things are not a shorthand for how you live your life on a sure. day to day and, basis. And, and, and the other thing that I found that is coming up that I noticed is an issue in social justice is uh, the idea, like when you're saying that something is racist or that a person is racist. I mean, there are plenty of people that are racist, but there's also like the, just because you are not a racist doesn't mean you also can't 
that like, oh, I'm not a racist. It's like, yeah, but you can still carry racist ideation. Exactly. And, like not, it, and not technically, if right, you want to be like semantic about it, be a racist. It's well, just that it, it's so sim- system sy- systemic that well, like no, it's, it's it, like me. Like I've said, I was like, I still have there's like racist stuff in me. I don't consider myself a racist, but I definitely know that there's con- decades of social conditioning and white privilege that, like, there's still racism in there. Like, Yeah, because, because you think, when you hear the word racist, you think of the most outlandish, outlandish version of and that. Yeah. aggressive and clear version of that. And you don't want that to live alongside the decision to cross the street when a person of color is approaching you. Sure. You don't think that those two things can live in the same world, and yet they do. Yeah. Right? And that's the challenge. Like, and I'm, I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes, the people who have had to leave organizations because they got busted for this shit, right? Because it all fell apart, right? And it's like that, like there is this tension in you think you know all the right stuff and you think you're living the best that you can, but you're not opening your eyes up to all of the other things that you can't see and your ears to all of the other things that you can't hear to appreciate where you have your blind spots and to appreciate where you don't hear certain things I mean, the way I mean, that they a land, lot of people right? don't want to and look y- they, y'all, they y'all, y'all know me i fuck up all I know. the fucking time Especially with and the i try really hard to be I, like i work really like Truly, like I, I know it might not seem like it sometimes, but, but, <laughs> and this podcast is actually part of that. Like having these conversations is, part, is like I am. I actively try to be better, I, and I fuck up. I fail. No one is all the time. No one is saying you know what I mean? everyone's like, going to be perfect. Yeah, I yeah. think the uh, the goal everyone wants is to make sure that everyone tries. Yeah, you know, e- even people of color. I mean, fuck I mean, that the, the, time, the internet the is not is good. I mean, we've had you this. have to be open to having good conversations yeah. that are, are going to be uncomfortable. I mean, we, we've had you, this. we have these conversations, yeah, but a lot of people refuse to have these conversations, yeah. right? Like some, like and do the work. Like you, in every journey, you have to be willing to identify the mistake and learn the lesson. And then apply that knowledge so that hopefully the next time you're in a similar situation, you won't repeat the mistake. And we all, we know that that's how that we know that that's how people learn. We know that's how people grow. We know how that that's how people improve. But when it comes to these kinds of issues around race and misogyny and 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 homophobia and all of these different things. Nobody wants to be a bigot. You know well enough to know that that's not good. And it's more about protecting your own self and your own psyche and your own goodness as a person than it is about correcting the, 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 the shittiness of that particular thought. And that particular word and that particular deed, and that is the 
big challenge in all of these conversations is the person who needs to hear that they have messed up takes it personally and therefore you can't have a conversation <laughs> right they start but, crying but, but, but also there's there's <laughs> right the, like there's, there's art I, i've encountered this just as not even like and this isn't even like like present group definitely excluded from this because we actually do have these conversations in an intelligent but i mean ad nauseum we've had the conversation that the internet has destroyed a lot of this but just the idea that like if you there's that you know the the acknowledging the like feeling like you're personal and there's there's the genuinely feeling like you're being personally harmed and then there's the kind of like are you really of that but the other side of that that i've encountered is the like maybe like and this is just from the perspective of like like say me and dan well, mm -hmm. just like some of that is just how you how you say something, the tone of voice you say something like there's there's a lot of uh, mm -hmm. so me and Dan, because, you know, I'm a native New Yorker and he is not. He's run into a lot of problems with like conflicts with people on the street, mostly with people of color. Uh, and it's it's not that he's the content of what he's saying. There isn't anything uh like racist or anything it's just that like i've tried to sell him it's like so there is a way there is a way that you speak that isn't your fault but you have to be aware of it mm. that as someone who's not a native new yorker you come across as not a native new yorker and there is some there's a lot of compounded racial politics and history inherent in that yeah. uh so that even if what you're saying is relatively innocuous, you have to be hyper aware of the, your phrasing as a white person, like and as, like. Like I, I just I he'll say stuff even to me, and I was just like, if you said that, to a mm -hmm. person of color, it's going to in the same the the way it sounds to me directed as me is like I understand that that's innocuous. But that's also because I'm also white. But I also am aware enough to know if you say that those exact same words to a person of color, it's going to read differently. Right. Because the other thing, like you have to appreciate, is one: as people of color, we're just fucking tired. Yeah. We are exhausted. Right. We always have to be the teacher, but you never. But we don't see the proof of the lesson. Right. So you're not going to pass this class. You know. We have to de-escalate situations we did not escalate. We have to walk away from fights we didn't pick. And every time we do that, it ingrains in the aggressor the thought that like, oh, well, this must be an acceptable way to handle this moment, right? Sure. Because what we are trying to do to like stay alive, stay sane, yeah. is actually, which, which, is, is accidentally, unintentionally reinforcing the behavior what, what, in the first instance. Like, it, it's that like that this is the way that it's just like yes it is if there wasn't this pile of stuff that has happened in history there's like yeah yeah as that's like so every we, everything that you say 
is happening in context. Yeah. And you have to understand, you have to do the work to understand the context in which you are saying the words that you're choosing and, and, to and say. And the issue with that is the problem that you run into is that there is definitely as someone who's like done a lot of research on like human psychology, you know, because when I hit my head and like and how we react to things emotionally, it was like there's a certain amount of like it, like I said, you know, on an abstract level, yes, that is the way you're supposed to react in that situation, like uh, like abstractly, like and on a basic human psychological level the way like our sort of emotions and our thoughts work on very basic levels that is and that goes up against like there's a disconnect between that and well that would be great if all if y'all didn't we white people hadn't done all this done all this shit like that's that's the thing is like you have to appreciate one that everything happens in a context you also have to appreciate that like you're making a choice for the words that you choose to use to yeah. express yourself. You're making a choice for the tone of voice that yeah. you like everything about what you say and how you present it is a choice. Every decision that you make is a choice to make that decision, but also to hold the consequences. Right. And those two things cannot be divorced from one another. So if you decide to say that, Go ahead, deal with the wrath you that comes you know, after. You the other thing that I've account- encountered? I mean, I don't know about in other countries, but I know this is a very big problem uh, in the United States is, but I think it's, I don't know, I might be a cynic about this, but mm-hmm. I think it's a fundamental human thing. The best way to do that with anybody, selfish, appeal to their selfishness, is just like, like, it's not a, like, I, one of the mistakes, I mean, I, I've noticed everyone making, but I think it's it's better to do this, especially amongst white people trying to discuss this, is like, don't start by attacking the person. It's just like, my, the biggest success I've had in having these discussions is like, not saying you're a race, unless they really are, just being mm-hmm. blatantly racist, you know, it's just like, and not even saying you're a racist. It's like, yo, dude, what you said is what you said right now is super racist. I'm gonna flip that on its ear and say that's something you can do. Yeah, no, no, but no, that, that, that's exactly. something that you, as a white one well, no, white exactly. person to another white person, can do. But the issue is when you are the person of color who's on the sure. receiving end of the aggression. Like, let's be very clear. I don't. You expect, shot first. I don't. Ex- oh. Right. Like so. So it's like. My and, ad- my addendum to what I just said is I don't expect any person of color to do that. Right? Like, <laughs> like, like this is... You clarify that. Like, yeah, like, yeah. At, that like, was going to be my addendum to like, that. I was just like, look, that, I don't expect any person of color to do that. that level of clarity because, like, in the last few years, I'm, I'm not... I don't want to I use identifying information to the extent that I can, but I've watched two white leaders of organizations fall to fucking smithereens for exactly this issue yeah they had messed up the, these are places where you would not think that there would be any kind of issue as it relates to to race or 
anything like that. And yet there totally was because these people had their blind spots in a big way. And they bought into this concept of like, but this is the work I've chosen to do. How could I be a problem? And everything was a personal fight. And they and they held power right on to, uh, outside of just the power of being white. They're the leaders of the organization. And, they have all the cards, and, and they felt. And, and they 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 set a certain culture that, when left unchecked, uh, leads to and, unchecked behavior. And they fell, and they let they walked out the door. The victims. In, in their yeah. own mind, right? Because no and, one wants to see no person, and it and it like gets, wants to see them, especially if they they came through like you know a social justice thing. They especially they have this view of themselves. Correct, and and so and but where but where do they prove that they have a problem? Because it's always the people of color who have to explain why yeah. you've made a mistake. And what do they say to the people of color? Do you know how many times I was told that I was angry and aggressive and defensive? Yeah. Me. Well, because you're an angry black woman. (laughs) Do you, I I mean, I I remember. That's one of those things that's like, you know what's funny is like, even really like, er, like early in, you know, my coming up, I never understood that term. What angry black the angry. angry black woman? I'm just like, that's just an angry person. Like, I mean, you know, I, I can we can do the whole I mean, TED talk. To smile, you know, when right? Shit we gets we in our faces. That's the expectation. We we need to be yes, sir. Mammy, <laughs> we need to be mammy. We need to be running yes, Uncle master. Tom's cabin, right? Like yeah. that's who we need to be, right? And so anything short of that has to be the worst version of that, right? It can't just be in opposition. It has to be the worst version of opposition sure. to that, right? But but I'm telling, like, watching people walk to the door with no fucking clue and I'm that, that what they've done and why, and they've gone on their, like, eat, pray, love journeys to try to get themselves together, right? But because they're white and they're well-to-do, they're go- and they have this amazing resume and these organizations want to like end everything as peacefully and quietly and as cheaply as possible. Sure. Right. So they walk away and it's, and everybody, you know, puts on a show that everything was fine. And then what happens? They go get a, like one of these people I found out this week got, got themselves a little job. And I'm like, you were the last person on the face of the earth who should have this job yeah where you are I going mean, where you are going to teach management to people we, we have, oh my we have, god we've also had the discussion about how incestuous the social you know it's non-profit sector super <laughs> it super is it's incredibly because because it's one of those places where like you can only get the credential by being in the space not out yeah, of it yeah and it's just and, entrenched systemic, right? Systemic yeah. It's so right, and it's because a lot of these institutions do not want their names to be connected, yeah, to that whole energy. This was a big thing, um, like maybe three years ago. Emmett Carson, who was leading the Silicon Valley Community Foundation, um, and this man would, you know black man leading this community foundation 
He's raising billions of dollars. He's putting himself and that and a community foundation in the same conversation from an endowment perspective as like Ford and Kellogg. Sure. All of these yeah, yeah. old money, multi-billion dollar institutions. And unlike them, he built that shit. And then what happens when Me Too hits and you see Harvey Weinstein and Matt Lauer and all of these people fall. There's a sense of like, yeah, but you know, Me Too doesn't just exist in Hollywood. This is not just something that happens in a newsroom. This isn't hap something that happens on a film set. This is something that happens everywhere. And then I think it was the Washington Post did like a two year undercover investigation. And when Me Too blew up, they said, well, actually here it happens in philanthropy where Emmett had a number two who was creating this hostile, toxic work environment to the point where one of the things that Silicon Valley did, or I don't know if they still do, to be honest, is they would put money, people could take their personal money and set up a donor advised fund. And you would rely on this foundation to help you figure out how to spend it. And Rose McGowan walked in the door to say, I wanna put my money here so y'all can help me disperse it. And a staff member had to go to her and say, that's not the right move for what you wanna do. Mm. And that was what, right? And that was one of the things that blew it up. And then Ooh. Emmett had to leave and his number two who had been creating this environment had to leave. And there has to be all of this therapy and all of this other stuff. And then like clockwork, 18 months later, Emmett got a job. He's leading something, I think he's leading Lucas's private philanthropy, but he has a job and it's just like, God damn, did, did you not see? Yeah. What had been going on for years, for years, and y'all let this man get another job? Well, it's, uh, when I brought up the, I can't remember her name, there was a whole article in the New York Times Magazine about it where there were, you know, people of actual American Indian descent who mm -hmm. like, co-wrote papers with her. And she actually, like, the, what made that story, like, uh, to the point we we're talking about it, it, that even in the social justice, there's, like, because of things like this, there's, like, okay, yet, like, and, you know, she got hired, and again, we got hired in another place. But even amongst, like, American Indian people, and the, the way proving your American Indian heritage works, that's an even, like, her situation is even more, like, like how the way that you can prove that, like, I, I, I'm not 100% on mm -hmm. the detail, but it's, it's, it's certain aspects are convoluted enough that there are still people who are just like, well, she could still have it. And there are people who are like, well, she isn't, but shit, she did all this positive work. What do we do with that now? No, I like, mean, do we condemn her, condemn her wholesale or do we? No, like, I mean, there, like, it's, there's the Rachel Dolezal effect, right? Exactly. It's who, the rage. It's the Rachel Dolezal effect. Right. And there was another, there was another story of a, of a, a professor of Latin studies and she's just like a Jewish woman with great curly hair. Yep. Right. But like, I mean, in, in the space where 
it's not just that you're trying to make a contribution for a culture, but in the space where you co-opt and appropriate the identity, like there's a, for me, it negates the value of the contribution because it's like it's dirty money it's yeah. d- it's it's and they're it's using that to get it right it's and it's, it's and if they didn't have that identity someone else could have done it someone who was actually latina or black could right have like it's it's like work. it's like the contribution becomes like fruit of the forbidden what what well it's not the, the reason the reason why the two reasons why i bring that up is number one because in in her case it was you know, she also, it wasn't that like she was solely responsible for anything. As far as her contribution, it was that like there was an entire, she didn't found it, but she was like a huge part of like an, a major like movement in academia. Yeah, no, no, no. And there's a bunch of actually American Indian people who are like re- now really conflicted about like, you know, do we it's like not even conflicted but like oh, like now we have to put like a, a thing on all and like what do we do with all of the work that we did that is now we are co-authors on things or we are yeah, co-chairs no. I mean, on things I mean, like these these kinds of cases which hopefully are are not so common but there are more than the one yeah yeah right where it's just people co-opting an identity and it's like yes you in all of these cases there are people who are working with you and who are benefiting from the work that you've done and it's like you could have done all of that you really without this person with with well for the for the people who who relied on that person's contribution i don't know how they could have done it but they probably benefited greatly from that contribution sure. right but but for the person who's like co-opting the identity it's like you know you still could have like rachel you still could have had a meaningful contribution sure. to the naacp chapter you really could have. yeah yeah, yeah. and you could have done fantastic work but you made a decision to put on Mac NC forty seven, and I love that right, you know precisely Listen, right. Like it. you made a decision to like go into blackface, sure. and you went to lengths and depths sure. to try to co opt this identity. So to, to and every time that thing happens, and there are people like me who are of genuine mixed background and we do have faces that are a little bit ambiguous and we want to participate in a culture for which we actually have an authentic credential to participate in. And these bitches fuck that up. The thing is, it's like they already have all of these advantages. Correct. How much more do you want? Do you un- no, 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 <laughs> no, no. You but already have a leg up. It's what it's what it's what made this woman's particular thing like puzzle. Like uh, like I said, the people with actual American Indian. Some of them are like super puzzled. It's just like you you could have not done that. Like to your point about Rachel Dolls, I was like you could have not done that, 
and still been we have plenty they were like we got plenty of white people <laughs> like correct like this is <laughs> like in in all of these kinds of cases it's like you can still make you can yeah. still hold your identity and make a meaningful contribution to a culture that you respect and it actually would have meant more had sure. you done that it is the it is one of the heights of white privilege to to put a a, a culture or a race on like it's a suit and yeah. wash it off at night and you know and and to and to to co-opt a struggle to co-opt an experience and, and like there is a huge and super complicated history for american indian people about how you claim descent and how that process yeah works. i like, mean like like but it's like it's the lengths and the depths and all of these yeah. cases are people who like this this was not a con they started overnight yeah no. right like they had been doing it for years yeah. you have to go to absolute lengths and sure. depths and rachel out here changed her name to some you know faux african name she's a hair braider like she's still in this yeah in well, a really big in, in this, way in this woman's thing it was a it was like a, a tale that had been told in her family so for a really long time she actually she when she first what makes her story even mm -hmm. more complicated is when she first started claiming it she really thought that it was true well, yeah, because no. that, and then and then some people actually did some research mm. when some like questionable things started to pop up and they liked it they found out but to a different point about like this guy getting hired again and the incestuousness of the the nonprofit sector and the activist center uh sorry i used the wrong word there mm -hmm. but whatever you know what i'm saying is that idea of like here is this they get another job because of like the insularness of like well they were look there was all this problem but they were still really good at this this beneficial thing you know, and i and will i feel like that's how that person gets hired and again. and, for, and in some I mean? of these spaces like some people don't want to be part of cancel culture sure right which they has it which has its own issue right it's like, it, exactly the mm. and it's like not willing to draw the line between like accountability culture and cancel culture like in my mind the number of people who need to be unequivocally canceled and sent off to their own australia is you know like a yeah. very small number yeah. right but accountability says if you believe in these values, how is that the person sure. that you want to hire, right? Well, it's, it's the, diff you know, cancel culture and accountability culture is, the, is what we're not good at. It's the difference between what's the easiest, simplest thing to do here mm -hmm. and, like, how can we simplify this? It's like that. What was it? I and I get it. I mean, listen, everybody at some point needs to come out of hiding. It's, it's right. It's that I forget who said this and I'm paraphrasing, but it's just like there is a solution to every problem that is simple and elegant and wrong. 
<laughs> no, like, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't. Like, on, there is a level at which I don't begrudge these questionable people from finding a job again because at some point they have to. Yeah. Right. Like the like the number of people who need to go to Exile Island is small, so all the rest need to be out in the world in some way, shape, or form. But there is a question about like, well, how? But, but what is? But as the institution who thinks about hiring yeah. these yeah. people, what is your check and balance under the t you know for for making sure that they've learned the lesson? What is your check and balance for making sure that they will actually be? a positive, meaningful contributor. Like that's, and that is the piece that doesn't happen. Cause like, go get a job again. You need to pay your bills some type yeah. of way, right? But what, you know, but in 18 months, did you learn? Yeah. Some, uh, uh, did you learn enough to undo 15 years? Yeah, it's like damage? your job for the next 15 years has to be in an organization which probably won't hire you that is trying to improve the problem. Right, like like you like where is the restorative justice? Yeah. Like where like where is And 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 look, I I'm going to be a little devil, devil's advocate and one of the problems and I, this is like an abstract problem because it's really hard to do it in practice but one of the problems with restorative justice is you can't really on a practical level do that you know what i mean <laughs> like like yes ideally that person should spend the next 15 years of his life working in some sort of organization that helps improve that the issue there, and look, I'm not saying that that those that exhortation should hire him. Like, but you can't do that. He can't do that because that organization doesn't want him, and rightfully so. Like, like yeah, no, but and it's, like I said, that's the right. Like maybe what you comes can't, down to you that disconnect. You, you might not be able to make me. it up to the people, the specific people that yeah. you've hurt, but you can certainly make an improvement somehow in the, in the field in which you caused yeah. hurt right i mean my my whole thing is like and it happens like i don't know what it is about 18 months but that seems to be like it's the weird yeah no that, is, I, I that seems to be weird. the magical number where like enough dust has settled and it's like it's a, a, the and collective some, 18 months is the collective is the national collective half-life memory of people and and it's i'm surprised it's that long honestly <laughs> and and so and i remember when emmett finally got himself a job I, like the uproar from his former staff hmm. right like it was actually a huge fucking issue and I, and the organization that did take him there were a lot of people who left because they were like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> right now i don't know how long it takes a person to learn a lesson and be in a position to demonstrate that they have that learning. And also, but, what is the time period in which that person? I, I've run it. We've had this a discussion. Is what is the time period then? Then, if you, because they themselves can't really judge that they've learned the lesson. So then it becomes who is who are the people that need to judge that they've learned their lesson? Mm -hmm. You know, and then what 
what does that entail? And like, and I, I've, and seen, also, I've seen situations and, where this actually works. Like there are, um, oh, what I think it. But also in some ways too, it's it's also about like, are people ready to receive you again? Yeah. Right. Well, not only that, but what about are there other alternatives? other people that could do the sure. job right now you keep on recycling the same people because for some reason the industry thinks that no other people can do the job quite like, like this like, like some right like some like some people person. some people leave gracefully right and everybody and there's ndas that get signed and so mm. nobody so the truth the truth is a whisper and it's a rumor but it ain't a fact and then what happens is sometimes this organization has unwittingly hired a turkey and they don't realize that they've hired a turkey until it's too late and damage has been done and contracts have been signed and you know that's a piece of how these these things perpetuate right but there's also a sense of people are now starting to listen to the whispers a little bit more to understand that like, yeah, there's the things that people have to say on the surface because that's how separations from mutual benefit yeah. play this out, is a right? Weird, weird side note, but I still am on Louis C.K.'s like show email list mm -hmm. and he's only, he never sent out a bunch of them. But he just sent out like an email like a couple weeks ago. It was like these are the places I'm. I mean, it's even they were never really. Some they were longer. Mm -hmm. Is they're real subdued now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like here's what I'm gonna be. I mean, they're still pretty big venues, so it's just like I don't. I don't know what his audience still is. Uh, I mean, to the best of my understanding, he's taken a very like angry right wing. Huh. anti-cancel culture i have not right wing well or or those the the people who i say i say that huh i say that yes he is Wait, half mexican we, louis ck and i say Wait, that he's half, he's, he's, he's half mexican really i think through his mother's side his, uh, his first language, I think, was Spanish. Let, let's 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 but let, let's clarify that because this is where you start to run into some weird problems about how you identify people. Mexican doesn't mean that he's Latino. Mexican just means that he has that he was either he has Mexican nationality Correct. in him. That is not that. Calling it that, and I, I, I ran into when I read about that. I'm just like, man, let's clarify. Mexican. Okay. All right. That's, this is where. This is one of those things that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, things. let's. Okay, I think that's. This is where I can. I, I'm gonna have to step in. Bring it no, in no, 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 no. Go ahead. And clarify the differences between Hispanic and Latino. Yeah. There's a difference. Oh no, that's that's what I was saying. If, sure. It, and if if you're Mexican, for example, you are Latino and you are Hispanic. However, you well, if you are of if you have like a fraction of you if you're mixed, for example. Sure. Right. And you have 
of you are of Mexican descent, there you are most like yeah. So you can be Latino, but not necessarily Hispanic. Sure. Because the the so the difference here lies that if it's the term Latino is geographically focused. The term Hispanic is language focused. So uh, to break it down, basically, anyone who is of Latin American descent. And so if you're if you're Mexican descent or if Argentine descent or if you're of Costa Rican descent, you are considered Latino. Uh, if you're Spanish from Spain, you are Hispanic, but not Latino, because if you are born, if, if you are a Spanish descent or you're born in Spain, you are European, right? So, but because you speak Spanish, you speak the language, you are Hispanic, but not Latino. So I have a question about that then. Similarly, someone from Brazil, someone from Brazil is Latino, but not Hispanic, because Brazil is located in Latin America, but a Brazilian does not speak Spanish. They speak Portuguese, so they are not Hispanic. But they are so Latino. A lot of I, 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 so yeah, I have a, I have a, a question that. about that then. Yes. White German, Argentinian, who speak Spanish, because mm -hmm. they are descended from all the Germans who mm -hmm. ended up in Argentina. How does that? He can claim to be Argentinian then. Louis C.K. Well, no, 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 no. I'm just a, a oh, a, 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 theoretically, a yeah, yeah, I, person. I, I asked that because, like, the reason why I asked that about Louis C.K. is, like, yeah, if, that's if where he was born in Mexico, mm -hmm. then, and he has no, like, it's two, so, two so, white people so, or his okay. parents, he can still, can yeah, he still claim so, to be Mexican? Look, look, that was my question. Look, that was and that's, what yeah, was that's, and that's where it gets a little, you know, complicated, but to, 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 now, to, but to, but to narrow it down, <laughs> if, if you were born, okay, so, and so there are many, in, especially in, in Argentina and places like Uruguay and even Chile, where you have uh, German and Austrian and especially Italian ancestry, but you were born there, so you are Latino, but yeah. you you are of European ancestry, myself included. You know, I was born in the U.S. My parents are Argentine, but my my grandparents European, right? Like my my grandmother was Italian, my grandfather was Spanish, sure, right? So, but so yes, I am American. I'm Latin. I'm I'm, I'm American. Of Latin descent, but also of European descent, right? But I'll call you Guido too. No. no. Um. So, but yeah, but I mean, it all. But but you oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question, sure. if that if that person was it, 
I, I think it comes down to where you were born. It also, I mean, because uh, in the end, it's, why, it's also why we have Latinx as a term now. Yeah, it's because they're, be, I, I, like, legitimately that that that's because there there are people like Louis C.K. was just like, yeah, I'm Mexican. I was like, okay, now we, like, I think Latin. I mean, I actually know this. <laughs> like, Latinx is a term because of that issue. Is because Latino doesn't necessarily mean that like. Well, it's more to it's more to be um, gender agnostic, right? Because you have you can be Latino, Latino or Latina, yeah, right. So Latino or Latina. So it's just it, it it's more to address. That. I, that's not the way the, the, the Latino people that I know. Uh, when Charlie brought up the the Caribbean, it's it's like you're Latin, but it's to clarify that you are Latin that also has like either Taino or, oh, for or sure. African uh, yeah. descent. And, and to address the Caribbean, someone in the Caribbean is considered as to, to the best of what the different, to my knowledge of what the definition of being Latino is, you are considered Latino. But if you, the language isn't Spanish, then you are not Hispanic. I'm not in Latin America, though, honey. Dominica? Yeah, not in Latin America. It is. It's in the Caribbean. Right. That's your point. So. That's where those things become a little fuzzy, is like. <laughs> it, it is. So, Caribbean. Yeah, it's a little fuzzy. Let's just yeah. leave it there. <laughs> Some of that comes down to, like, territory. But definitely not part, Hispanic. Uh, where people draw, like, territorial like is is it's whether you consider those islands part of latin america or not <laughs> i would not but yeah. and it's also it, it's making a distinction yeah. is like well then is it like okay are we grouping in the rest of south america or like central america in with latin america because that's not because latin you, america is latin america is everything south Everything south of our border is see that could is every it's Mexico that isn't going an south. island that isn't an island yes that, that's what no I was... no it isn't it, it, that's why it does incorporate the, the the Caribbean Guyana yes I would understand if you if the argument for Guyana being Latin America Latin American right because 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 if it's geography then that's correct. Mm -hmm. Do, I will tell you, there's no Dominican that I'm aware of who would also think that, that we're Latin. Okay, so, with, but... A, with peace and love, we, we, that's not how we would identify. And, and, right, and, and, that's, and I, I think that's, that those, those things are also cultural, mm -hmm. how, you, how, how different people are, how people are... are define themselves as um for example spanish-speaking countries in the caribbean like puerto rico oh, well, puerto rico is not a country but um mm -hmm. dominican republic for cuba uh they consider themselves to be part of latin america but also of the caribbean yeah that's like there's a cultural component there mm -hmm. so like there's geography, there's language, and then there's culture. And, and I would argue that, like, 
yes, those are those are the exceptions to the rule that you laid out. But otherwise, like the Guyanese people I know of consider themselves West Indian on account of that being the culture, right? Yes. They happen to be geographically somewhere that might afford and them. Willing, and I'm willing to bet they don't consider themselves to be Latino either. Exactly. Ex exactly for that. Right. Because I think there's, there's a genuine cultural, cultural. component there. Right. Like, so I think somewhat to your point, there's, where you were born which makes yeah. you hold which makes you hold an identity like the, the the place of your birth yeah makes helps you hold an identity if if citizenship can be passed on by birth so sure. for example i was not born in dominica but because both of my parents were I am a Dominican citizen, so I hold dual citizenship, right? Mm -hmm. So I, so I'm an American Dominican, right? So there, so there is, there is that way that you hold the identity. Then there is the cultural identity of what it means to be Caribbean, right? And then there are the racial identities, recognizing like. You know, if you have the indigenous blood, if you if you can trace yourself back to a point, because you, because I think that you can still have European, African, you know, in, at least in the Caribbean, you can have those components. You can be Asian, you can be Indian. All of these are are groups that were brought into the Caribbean to build in to build up infrastructure and to build up and to expand the British trade. Sure. Right? So all, so you can belong to these different racial groups and have that identity, but still culturally belong to the Caribbean. All this is to say that The Suicide Squad was a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we and that and that Idris Elba is just gorgeous, is a gorgeous man. Like, um, like that's really no. The reason why I brought up the whole Mexican thing was the fact that he, I mean, Louis C.K. looks white, and you mentioned that he's going, he's his comedy's now right leaning, right? Or his or audience, to to the best of my understanding, listen, I he's a dirtbag, right? And he yeah, doesn't. I still get the emails, but I don't really follow. Right, what he's doing and anymore. and so and so to try to marry all of my thoughts. This man violated workspaces for years and years and years. And I don't think that he understands the severity of what he did. Right? right. So he, so in his personal view, everyone's mad, but perhaps just bent out of shape a little bit too much. And they're not allowing him to get work. And so he feels like he's part of the cancel culture and the people who are anti cancel culture who feel like it's all an attack and all of that stuff, they tend to be right-leaning. And that's who he, because the people who would have been his audience before that are people who would have been left-leaning because sure. he railed against the system and all of this I, other I'm stuff, gonna, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause this out, not because for any reason that I like Louis C.K. or any reason, but I think we're we're all have, are now speaking on stuff we aren't actually keeping track of anymore. Right. So we're kind of wildly speculating here a little bit. That's not to say that what you're saying isn't true. Mm -hmm. I just, I just like, I, I just like, I, I'm not, 
whenever we start, anyone starts to talk about it, it's like, all right, are we starting not, like I said, not saying that what you're saying isn't true, but I was just like, ah, let's, let's not give the guy any more space. Correct. <laughs> uh, and also because uh, I, I kind of want to go to bed. Oh, Jamie. But that's why I was doing the whole. Stop fucking lying. You just need to shit again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's. 